Our earthly demise isn't something that most of us want to think about, let alone what do we do with ourselves or our loved ones after we pass. Hello, I'm Brian Lilly. This is the Full Comment Podcast. Before we get to our guest, I, I want to remind you that you can subscribe to Full Comment Podcast on any of the devices or apps that you're listening to us on right now. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, um, did I mention Amazon yet? Yeah, just go through Stitcher, wherever you're listening. You can hit subscribe. You can hit like. You can leave a comment. Help us out. Spread the word. Uh, but this issue of our earthly demise, as I said, it's not something that we like to talk about. And when you're young, you don't think about it at all. And then you become a parent, or at least many of us do. And, and you have horrid dreams of what would happen if one of your children were to pass. And uh, and then eventually you think about your parents and then, well, I'm guessing that eventually you think about yourself. I'm not quite there yet, although I see it on the horizon. Ian Sutton is someone who has been thinking about that for some time now, and he's written a new book called The Big Exit. What do we do with all the baby boomers once they're gone? Longtime journalist Ian Sutton, formerly of the Toronto Star, joins me now from Nova Scotia. Thanks for the time, Ian. Oh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot, Brian. Um, I, I, I want to start with this this idea that we, we don't like thinking about or, or talking about our, our own demise, but it happens to all of us sooner or later. Yes, it actually does, obviously. And uh, I, I tried to emphasize in the book, I, I didn't want it to be particularly morbid, but it's hard to avoid that. You, you actually uh, made it entertaining talking about death. I was hoping I had. That was, that's what I was aiming for, because it is entertaining, in a in a sort of uh, fashion. Um, at least the subject is. Um, the subject of death, not death itself necessarily, but, um, but it's. Um, I think the point I was trying to make is that we aren't really prepared. Uh, Canadians and Americans and the Brits and hardly anybody is really prepared for the numbers of uh, of baby boomers, particularly, but even millennials and and those and and my my generation who came. Be I come before boom baby boomers. I was born in 1940. Um, so I, I, I was going to say you you you're in your early 80s. My mother's 78. She only counts as a baby boomer in her native Britain because it started earlier there. Yeah, the boys got true. home from the war a little earlier, let's say. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, yeah. So, but, but, so what, what drew your interest to this idea that we're going to have a lot of people die, and then when we do, we have to think about a different way of dealing with all the bodies? I mean, that's, exactly. that's exactly. not something I ever would have thought of. How did and you come to, to think about this? Well, that's a good question. It was actually because of a funeral home way back in my hometown, I was working in my 70s, and not my hometown exactly, but I was working radio, actually, in a, a small radio station in eastern Ontario. And a funeral home in, in my hometown, which is Smith Falls, Ontario, um, had to discontinue what it was offering was called an alkaline hydrolysis process, which I'd never heard of. But um, it didn't, uh, the provincial regulatory agency pulled the plug on it. And that got me interested. So then I started looking into the whole subject of because there has to be some alternatives to burial and cremation because we're running out of space in uh, in cemeteries, particularly urban cemeteries. 
Um, and cremation has some environmental issues uh, that are causing genuine concern. So there needs to be several new alternatives, which there are, uh, that need to be looked at by families, but also by public policy um, public policy uh, makers and, and the politicians, for that matter. So before we get into the, the new ways and why you think that the two main ones that we now deal with are, are problematic, let's get back about to talking about the discomfort of, of speaking about death. You said you worked on a, at a radio station in Smith Falls. I worked for years in radio. And there's always ads that, that try to make burial and, and planning for it and funeral planning sound as, as simple as possible. They, they, they want to make sure that you're looking after your loved ones because it is something that we all put off. Uh, we, we don't want to, to think about our deaths. We don't want to think about the deaths of of uh, other loved ones, but we have to. And, and and you read extensively about demographics and how this plays into it. Yeah. Uh, in your yeah. early chapters, you cite David Foote uh, several times. He was the author of a That's right. very, very famous book in the, I think, the early 90s, Boom, Bust, and Echo. That's and, right. And uh, I thought, okay, I see where Ian's going here. And, and I agree that demographically, we should have thought about this by now. And, but then I also thought, well, we didn't think about planning for schools using demographics for baby boomers. We didn't think about retirement homes or long-term care or retirement planning or just about anything else uh, using demographics. Why would we start with death? Well, because there are so damn many baby boomers, for one thing. And uh, we don't think about demographics as far as but your own parents were, are getting old, or my parents were getting old in their 70s and 80s and 90s, and I'm getting old. Um, so yeah, you're sort of forcibly to uh, forced to um, consider the demographics of our society. And I, I'm interested in the demographics of the, the generations that are coming, but they're not the ones that this book focuses on, generate millennials and Generation Z and or Z. Uh, well, I, I, I'm I'm Generation X. I'm the one that nobody talks about except ourselves. Everyone oh, else seems to have forgotten about us. Oh no, oh, no, you haven't. Um, <laughs> we're we're after the boomers, and so nobody cared. Uh, uh, so that's what you like to think, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> but we we keep you in mind. So, what is the issue then with with burial? Well, we'll talk about cremation in a minute, but okay. What's the issue with with burial? Uh, you know what? What is the environmental implication? Because that's that's kind of the the angle you're coming at this from. Well, yeah. Um, what What's the environmental implication impact problem with burying people? Well, yes, I I come I come at the that subject from a point of view of of the impact on the environment, uh, ground, groundwater and ground surrounding cemeteries, because there, there, there are studies that have been done recently about uh, um, leaching of chemicals into the ground and even human, uh, re human remains that, uh, being leaked into the ground. It's called leachate. And uh, 
there's some serious concerns about that. The other concern with cemeteries is they're running out of space. So there aren't new cemeteries. And I've talked to um, uh, uh, land use planners and they, they say we, we've actually missed the boat on cemeteries. We, we're, we plan for everything else, schools and hospitals and parks and so on, but we, we forget about uh, cemeteries. Eric Lees is a, an ar a landscape architect in BC, although he works in, in Canada and the, and the States. And, and he, do, and he, he does uh, design cemeteries, but he says cemeteries are, are the forgotten, they're forgotten, uh, forgotten by everybody. They, they just don't think uh, it's not, uh, it's not productive. So um, there hasn't been any planning, and now cemeteries are, if they're, um, many of them are in, in founding themselves underground. And um, and so uh, yeah, there, there are very serious concerns about about burial and the costs of a plot. So, um, it, okay, well, we can talk about the space issue in a moment, but let's talk about the, the leachate that you were talking about. Is it that due to our current burial techniques, embalming and everything else, that we are filling ourselves with chemicals that are then problematic when we decompose in the ground? This is a very dark conversation you and I are having, Ian. Uh, but is, is that the the main issue that that you know the embalming and the embalming fluids become problematic, or is it the actual human remains? Uh, well, yeah, the embalm yes, definitely embalming fluids, uh, but the the, uh, the the caskets are full of the, in conventional caskets that are made of wood and they they've got uh, metal fittings. Um, that all leaches into the soil, and if it, the casket is varnished or whatever, uh, that leaches into the soil as the as the casket disintegrates. So there's there's uh, contaminants for both the, the bodies itself and the uh, the casket, and that's why green burial is becoming more popular. And I can fully understand that part, um, but the old saying, and by the way, I didn't know this came from the book of Anglican Book of Common Prayer until I read your book. Uh, the 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 saying, "Ashes to ashes, dust to dust." Uh, it explains why I never heard it in the Catholic Mass before. It's from the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. Uh, but it, it is something that we all think, well, we came from the ground, we go back. Uh, it, it, is it possible that perhaps an answer is just taking a, a different look at how we do burial? You know, you don't get the, the casket with the 17 coats of varnish on it. And, and and the gold bars along the side and the three inches of wood, you, That's you right. have a simpler burial. Yes, well that that can be done, and burials still are happening. Uh, in conventional burials are still happening uh, using materials that aren't as as uh, aren't contaminating the soil, and uh, but it it uh, it requires some awareness on the half of on behalf of the uh, on the part of the funeral. Um, profession and individual and individual families. What what materials do we use to bury mom or dad or grandpa uh, or, or ourselves? ourselves? Yeah, or ourselves. Yeah. 
Um, now, green burial takes a different takes a different route. It still requires land, of course, um, but uh, certain materials are not permitted with green burial, like like varnish and uh, plastics or any any uh, materials such as that. And uh, it, the burials are only only about eighteen inches deep. Um, so the and they can and the plot can be reused after after a number of years. The the burial rituals in some faiths, like Judaism or Islam, um, you, you don't get a fancy casket per se if you're no, following that's, yeah, the, the, that's the rules. Uh, it's done very quickly. It's very simply. Is that you know these are ancient ways of doing it? Is that perhaps part of the future? Uh, it very well may. Um, we may we may borrow some ideas from uh, Islam and and uh, other faiths, other than Christian faiths. Uh, Jews, Orthodox Jews, do not permit cremation, and neither neither does Islam. Um, and they but they're gravitating towards green burial because there's, which is a can be a mix of conventional burial and green burial because it doesn't use these contaminants in the in the container that uh, one is buried in and um, in, the, in the body itself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just sorry I'm stuck on burial. It just, it does seem to me like a, a circular economy. You know, we we decompose if we're put in the ground. What You, you mentioned with green burial, it's only 18 inches deep. What? Why that instead of six feet, which is pretty standard for for what we do now uh, and is seen as a way to make sure the body doesn't come back up out of the ground uh, well there's there's no uh, there's no reports of bodies coming back out of the ground unless you're watching uh, certain movies but uh, I, well I may have uh, well I hope you didn't see that <laughs> um, uh, there are concern or there have been concerns that you can put at rest that animals don't get get uh, into the into the uh, grave site when green burial 18 inches below the, the surface um, it, it's never happened it, it's never that it, has been reported anyway um, uh, and it, it uses makes less use of the land and and uh, it the, that's the site been, can be used again for new burials whereas when they're six feet under you can't really use the site again Although it is uh, burials in conventional methods are used uh, again, uh, but that's regulated and it uh, it's only permitted in some countries. I I know that uh, my family burial plots um, uh, back in Glasgow that buried one on top of the other. Yeah. Normally, a husband and wife. Yes. Um, in that sort of thing, you mention that we're running out of land. Um, I've walked the necropolis where uh, my grandparents are buried. It, parts of it date back to the 1400s, and there still appears to be room. So are we really running out? If a place as small as Glasgow in Scotland can deal with this, are we in Canada, a place with infinite amount of land that we never touch, are we really running out of land? Yes. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Uh, but look, Glasgow being a small community, but um, it's about a million people in a small 
uh, bit yeah. of land. Uh, um, it's actually larger urban centers that are having the problem with space. Um, smaller smaller towns do not, and towns like I, where I came from, there isn't a problem with the cemeteries there. Uh, they still have, and they acquire more land around them, but but um, that's not always possible. If you're in the city of Toronto, uh, it's very hard to, uh, to find land adjacent land to a cemetery you have to they they're looking in york region to find more land for for cemeteries uh to uh which has been a, under discussion for several years um simply because the the, the major the big cemeteries in toronto are, are out, out of out of land and um and they have none to to, to sell so um, there's just no no other answers than than finding uh, new new room for cemeteries. But considering how much land space there is in Canada, you'd think it wouldn't be a problem. But it, it is because of zoning and and as I, what I mentioned is planning hasn't the planning professions haven't been been uh, uh, dealing with the issue. I, I want to ask you about some of your proposals for different ways of, of dealing with this big exit, as your book is appropriately called. Uh, but first, I have to ask you about cremation, because I thought that was one of the environmentally friendly ways of of dealing with bodies, or at least I did till I, I read the big exit. So can you explain to, to listeners what the what's the environmental issue with with cremation, where... Where does that uh, image that that I had not jive with what you see? Well, it's considered um, it's considered definitely unfriendly, environmentally unfriendly, uh, because of the use of materials uh, that the fuel that that's used for burning the body and the emissions from the from the stacks, for instance. Um, now, some. Some crematoriums, crematoria, uh, are have proper uh, uh, technology that prevents some emissions from their stacks, but they're still are happening in, even in 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 the most modern cemeteries, and uh, it's just uh, I talked to a toxicologist and says she says she's American she says. Many cemeteries don't have any uh, crematories. Don't have any uh, methods of limiting emissions. Um, so, do they need stacks on them the way that our fossil burning power plants used to 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 capture um, debris, for a better term, for to catch capture particulate? Well, they're yes, they're using that more and more. But it isn't answering the question, um, and it's it's uh, the crematoria are not permitted near uh, schools or housing areas, residential areas or libraries, because of the emissions from them, mainly from their stacks. Again, we're having a dark conversation. In these these aren't things that I thought about before reading your book or or talking to you today. Uh, you you know you don't just generally 
in the course of everyday life, you don't think about the emissions from a crematorium and, uh, and where they have to be regulated. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, I do want to ask you about new ways, um, some interesting ones, some involving Elon Musk, perhaps, on <laughs> getting rid of bodies in the future. Disposing of yourself once you die. I keep having images of Monty Python and either Bring Out Your Dead or the uh, the cremation sketch. Um, as uh, as I've been thinking about this, reading Ian Sutton's book, The Big Exit, and and considering what to do after we die. As I said to you earlier, Ian, I thought cremation was the greener way. I thought perhaps there were greener burials, of, as you've discussed. You raise a, a bunch of of different uh, methods in your book. Um, one is sky burial. One is going into outer space on on SpaceX. Um, you talk about burial pods, um, reef burials. The one that I'd never heard of, and, and I, I have to look at the word to make sure I pronounce it correctly, promethean? Is that um, it? Yes, promethean. Promethean. Uh, see, uh, that's... brand new to me. Well, it, it was very, it got a lot of publicity maybe 10 or 15 years ago. It's still being developed. Actually, the, the developer of it, of the process died about uh, four years ago, but her husband is carrying on the business. But it's not really going anywhere, which is unfortunate. It, it involved uh, freezing the body and then crushing, crush, crushing the remains. And, and it was a lot, a lot of skepticism about that method. Um, so, so the one free, you mentioned, freeze dried like 1970s, yeah, -dried. uh, 1970s yeah. instant coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it, it really hasn't gone anywhere. Um, it, it, these, the ones you mentioned, sky burial and, and space or space bodies in space, um, are sort of outlier methods of, of disposition that aren't really disposition or, um, uh, there's such things as reef reef burials, but again, they're cremated remains or are, are uh, uh, placed in in reefs in the ocean, which is another sort of outlier method. But they they cost they're pretty costly. Uh, that was uh, just pulling up the cost here because I remember looking at that it was going through. It's about seventy five hundred dollars. You say? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that. You can f easily find burials more than that, but you've also yeah. got to be close to water or be able to get to water. Yeah, yeah, it's mainly appeals to people who are ocean lovers, and and the, the deceased family member was an ocean lover or loved the sea, and that's very appropriate. And the family can visit the site by boat or diving and, and dive and place memorials on the the reef, and uh, so it it it's fairly. It has a, a sort of niche. It's a niche market. But I can definitely see the arguments against it from people who are committed to saving uh, reefs, and that is that, well, you're going to disturb the reef, and a reef is uh, a very uh, gentle and uh, you know, at-risk ecosystem. And so if it became popular, I could see it becoming an environmental problem pretty quickly. Wouldn't that be the case? Uh, it hasn't become a, an environmental problem, apparently, uh, from what I've read and uh, the people I've talked to. 
um, they they are very careful not to disturb the environment of the the, the ocean environment and and uh, the creatures in the ocean and and uh, uh, that's that's part of the conditions of, of doing reef burial. Uh, so it's not a it's not a real concern about about uh, disturbing the environment. So in this case, you would be cremated and then put out to sea. Well, yes. Well, they have these these artificial reefs have pods, cement po concrete pods uh, that that the body is located in, and that's why uh, that's why they're called burial reefs. They're artificial reefs, actually. Um, and there are thousands of them, uh, mainly off the coasts of, of uh, the United States, uh, Florida, California. Um, I don't know how if there's many in Canada. I don't. I'm not aware of many in Canada. But the the water is a bit cooler off Yarmouth than off Tampa Bay. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you again about uh, promotion. Um, so you're frozen and then crushed down to dust what happens to your remains then um well um the uh freeze drying in liquid nitrogen and then the body is reduced to uh the natural basics and uh similar to uh cremation the the uh Remaining uh, remaining portions of the body can be returned to the family, um, but it's it's run into some some uh, controversies in Sweden, where it was first developed. Um, it was uh, it's been it originally was tested with bodies of pigs, which are, are similar in in uh, um, their anatomy to humans, and that seem to work, but uh, th there's been a lot of uh, controversy about bodies being stored uh, for, for something like five years or ten years and not not properly being disposed of. And they it caused a huge uh, controversy in Sweden. And so it was eventually uh, uh, the Swedish tax agency announced that the method was, was not realistic. So that's pretty well been abandoned, although the, the developer's husband, Susan Way Masek's husband, is still trying to raise money. It's, a, it's an interesting one. I'm not sure it's for me. But as I said, you know, those ads that you and I would have heard on radio, um, you know, it, this is not sound as warm and cuddly as Hulse Playfair and McGarry. Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. This is this is a bit of a, a, a brutalist way of looking at it. Uh, talk to me about uh, burial pods. Uh, it's early stages for thinking about this, but um, this is for, instead of a sea lover, perhaps a tree lover. Uh, well, there is, uh, there's an alternative to burial pods sinking in the ocean. Is uh, But again, it's another method that, that hasn't really gone anywhere. Uh, it's called dubbed, the company is called Capsula Mundi, which means the world's capsule. It was developed by two Italian artists, 
which displayed it, I think, about 10 years ago and got, got a lot of publicity. Any, any new method that seems reasonable gets a lot of coverage from the media, and then, then we find out it's, uh, it isn't going anywhere. Um, Capsule Monday is a, a biodegradable urn that's located in a, 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 is a, with a seed in it that becomes a tree. And it, it, this sounded kind of reason, reasonable to me, but again, it's gone nowhere. And um, actually, one of the developers says they're not ready for the market. <laughs> uh, uh, the only thing they produce are, are biodegradable urns, not not burial, uh, not a method of burial. So it's a bit of a half idea. It's not fully in sync yet. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, an understatement, I think. <laughs> Okay, so which of the alternative methods that you've looked at, we've discussed, uh, I, I think, four of them now. Let's talk about SpaceX quickly, and then I'll, I'll ask you what I was going to ask. Um, uh, SpaceX, as we're recording today, and this is uh, April 20th in the afternoon, uh, SpaceX uh, sent a rocket up into uh, the sky, and it blew up over Texas. So, I mean, that's one way to dispose of bodies, I suppose. Thankfully, nobody was on that, but um, is... If you're trying to think of environmentally friendly ways, you couldn't be doing this one person at a time. That would be incredible emissions. Yes. You'd have to be sending up pods of uh, of people at once and and letting them loose into the uh, uh, the the external atmosphere. I suppose that's right. Well, again, uh, we're we're only talking about parts of bodies like. Uh, bodies that have all been already been cremated are being sent out uh, little bits of them uh, a portion of them to astro NASA astronauts their bodies were sent or pieces of them that's hardly we aren't going to expect bodies floating around in in the, the uh, uh, stratosphere um, that's never going to happen you, uh, you seem to be focusing focusing on the outlier methods. So um, I, I want to ask you, what are the methods that you prefer then? Because, of course, the outliers are the ones that get people talking. Yeah, are yeah they do. And they get a lot of publicity, and then they, they don't go anywhere. So uh, let's talk about the the ones that are functional. Well, there that are some you, that are... You think will uh, catch the attention of, if need be, public policy experts. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, but there, um, yes, there's two or three. Um one is uh, one that got a lot, a lot of publicity in Washington State, for instance. It's called composting or natural organ reduction, where the body is placed in a uh, a, a, a container and with wood chips and uh, and water and heated, and it's reduced over a period of time to the basic the basic uh, elements of the human body. And there's hardly anything left, but but the teeth and bones. Um, that got a lot of publicity three or four years ago, and now I think three companies in Washington State are doing it. Uh, one company in California is, and in Colorado, but it hasn't really taken off beyond that. And um, and there are some who aren't aren't very supportive of it, are very critical of the method. Um, and it also costs like seven hundred dollars per seven thousand dollars per body. 
um, or or five hundred to seven hundred thousand. One the company that's best known, they charge seven thousand dollars to dispose of a body. Um, there's recently been a young man in the Netherlands who's developed a mycelium coffin, um, which he's marketing and is he's made, uh, has a large uh, factory that's turning up mycelium coffins, which is basically a mushroom, and the body is placed in the coffin casket in a bed of, 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 uh, of uh, mushrooms, and it after uh, a few weeks it is pretty well gone, which is similar to natural organic reduction or com composting, but it's it's uh, it, it's not expensive. I think it's about twelve hundred dollars Canadian. Um, and then the the uh, the third that is take, getting a lot of attention is called alkaline hydrolysis, which is dissolving the body in a mixture of lye and water and heat with heat and um, that's been uh, become more popular in the United States 25 states have approved it have made it have legalized it it was used by Reverend uh, Desmond Tutu for his when he was when he passed away in December, I think, of 20, 2021, his funeral was in January of last year, and and he he, he used that method because he was an, an environmental activist, and mm. um, and, uh, and and people who are involved in that um, alternative method think this may may has created a lot more interest since uh, Reverend Tutu's death. Um, Again, that involves. Uh, it's it's also the the cremation society of America considers it just another form of cremation, actually, except no no flame is involved. Uh, the body is heated in in lye and water, and uh, you end up with uh, uh, just the bones, which are crushed. Uh, you have to remove any met metallic parts, like a titanium uh, limbs. Uh, or uh, um, um, anything metal, because it would damage the uh, the uh, grinding machine. But it, it's 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 starting to take off in the states. It, in Canada, only three provinces: Ontario, Saskatchewan, and and Quebec are using it, have approved it, um, and and still only a couple of relatively small municipalities where it where it's happening which which concerns me because Canada seems to be falling behind um, in this in this uh, challenge of finding uh, finding methods of disposition of bodies uh, it's, it has very few green cemeteries compared to the United States um, and or, or, the, or the UK and um, these methods, using alternative methods, um, are also not not uh, getting approval or not becoming any more popular in Canada. For some well, reason, I don't know. Well, if they need approval, um, I think there's a couple of reasons why that may not be happening, and you, you discuss them, perhaps not in the way I'm going to broach it, but you do discuss them in, in your book, and that is that 
the rituals we have around burial are complex. They're very emotional. There's tradition, history, family ties to how and why we do things. And then on, on top of that, you've got, um, I think in a couple of different chapters, you talk about the, uh, the power of the, the funeral home lobby, of the, uh, the size and the strength of the industry. And those two factors would, be, would weigh heavy on politicians, wouldn't they? Um, yes, but I, I don't think, like, there's the, there's the feudal giants, like SCI uh, Corporation, that's one of the huge, it's a multi-billion dollar company that ho owns funeral homes in, in Canada and, North, and the United States and Britain. Uh, but it, it isn't resistant, it isn't uh, outwardly resistant to some of these alternatives. Um, there's no indication that they've undertaken any of them, but they haven't expressed any lack of interest in these alternatives. Um, where the problem has risen largely is, uh, and I, I, I take it you're a Catholic? Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, I, I have many Catholic friends, and and many, many Catholics who are, uh, there's one uh, Franciscan nun who has spoken in favor of this alkaline hydrolysis method is very acceptable. But Catholic bishops in I think three or four United U.S. states have opposed it because they say it's is disrespectful to the to the remains, as opposed to cremation, which was approved by Pius the Fourth or Pius the Sixth, sorry, back in 1960s, um, and that method was okay with was okay with uh, with the Catholic Church, uh, but the cremation society cremation association regards this new method as uh, as very similar. It's just cremation without without burning, which... So, which, so there's cultural reasons, religious reasons that might be holding some of this back. Yes, there are, yes. Um, cultural reasons, that's, that's, that's for sure. Um, most of the opposition has come from religion, um, not most of it from the Catholic Church, the Catholic bishops. Uh, although the Vatican, had, I don't think, has ruled on it, but um, this uh, Franciscan nun has spoken out, has written a, a report on it that's, that's supportive of the idea. Um, so... Uh, do, you, do you think it'll take us a long time to, to change our, our views on this? Uh, it, it's taken a long time to get to the point where our burial rituals are what they are. It's taken us millennia. Um, That's right. So my guess is it would take us a while to get around uh, to, to reconsidering how we do things. Well, we don't have time. Uh, we better, we better hurry up and make some of these decisions. Uh, the funeral industry itself, although it's, it's open to most of these alternatives, um, but public, Public policymakers uh, need to consider it because, with the, the millions of baby boomers in the states and and in Canada, which are obviously smaller numbers in the Canada, but they're still in the millions—sixteen million over the next forty or fifty or sixty years—will be gone. And where are their bodies? Well, as as Carlton Basmajian, as the 
university professor from Iowa State says, it's going to take a crisis or a catastrophe before people start paying attention. Well, that seems par for the course from my decades of covering politics. So yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm well, not shocked I, on that front. No, but no, but there there isn't time left because it's, you can't sweep it under the rug. It's not like many other issues. You can't just sweep it under the rug because you can't sweep those bodies under the rug or they're <laughs> going to be... Um, A rather lumpy know. rug. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Ian, you've uh, you've written a book that is uh, informative, eye-opening, uh, challenging, and um, you did succeed in your your quest to make it humorous. So I found well, myself I laughing so. and, I tried and chuckling. To, so I tried not to uh, let the morbid uh, nature of the subject uh, dominate the, the book. Well, if, if people are interested in alternative ways and not just shooting a body up into space or cremated remains up into space uh, via SpaceX. Do check out The Big Exit by Ian Sutton. Uh, it is available everywhere books are sold. Ian, thanks so much for the time today. Okay, Brian, you're welcome. Full Comment is a post-media podcast. My name's Brian Lilly, your host. The episode was produced by Andre Pru, uh, theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. And again, as I said, you can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music. Listen through your Alexa-enabled devices. Make sure you leave us a rating or review to help us out and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Brian Lilly.